Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Ritchie. Good to be with you. We have a lot to talk about today. Joining me today, your contributor will be Dr. Rashad Ritchie, me and me again. All right. Top story of the day, hell of a thing. A Texas cop shoots a man through the door of his home. He lives in an apartment complex, basically, and says somebody was trying to break in. The facility released a statement saying, no, this was his neighbor. His neighbor may have been confused, but was not trying to break in. Let's go to it. Uh, my name is Yasser Bashir, Assistant Chief of the Houston Police Department. Uh, with me, I have Commander Reed, and she is the commander of our, our downtown division. At the moment, we are in the 500 block of Crawford in downtown Houston, involving an officer-involved shooting. Um, the officer was not an HPD, but he was a DPS trooper. Um, currently, these are the facts I have gathered so far, is that trooper believed that a suspect was trying to break into his apartment. He discharged his weapon one time and struck the suspect on the right shoulder. Uh, we were able to locate the suspect, provide medical attention, and he was transported to the local hospital where he suspected to survive. So that's the initial, uh, the facts I have gathered. So here's what I'm going to provide you more details of, of uh, what happened. Approximately after midnight, um, HPD, we received a shooting and a progress call in the 500 block of Crawford, the building right behind us. Uh, when our officer arrived, they, they talked to the trooper and they learned that, the, uh, that someone was trying to break into the apartment. The trooper was off duty at that time and he discharged his weapon one time uh, toward the suspect. The suspect was struck and he left, uh, left the apartment. And when our officer arrived, they were able to locate him uh, short, short, uh, short moments later and he was bleeding. So the officer provided medical attention. They, they and he will be questioned later on about this incident. Uh, the suspect, he does live in, on the same in the same building as the trooper. Uh, we don't know why he went to the apartment, uh, but the initial assessment that trooper believed that he was trying to break in. Um, the suspect is a black male in his 30s. And uh, right now, uh, we also have Texas Rangers at this scene, and they will be conducting a parallel investigation. And our HPD SI unit will be the primary uh, investigative unit for this, for this uh, shooting. Uh, our crime scenes are out here as well, and they'll be processing the scene. So at the moment, that's the, uh, the, the facts I have gathered so far. Uh, first of all, uh, Assistant Chief, those are not facts, sir. They are uh, questions. Not facts, you're representing them as such. Uh, there's more, here it is. Do you have any questions? What floor did this take place on? Uh, it took, took place on the uh, fifth floor. Did the suspect actually make entry into the trooper's apartment or, or force entry? Uh, no, at this moment we're looking into that, to see if there's any force entry or not. So did, did the trooper engage the person directly in front of them or through a door or how, how, do we have any details on the nature of how that transpired? Uh, the suspect, we believe, is trying to uh, trying to get into the apartment. And the, and the, uh, the trooper did give several commands to him to get away and um, he believed that he was gonna make entry. So that's something we are looking into further. So, so does that mean he shot him through the door? 
Uh, yes. Yes. Is the trooper okay? The trooper is fine. Uh, but like I said, that's something we are looking into more. Um, why you believe? Why you believe that? Yes, the trooper does live on the premises. Is anyone else in the apartment in the trooper's apartment? No, there was nobody else. Well, as I mentioned er earlier, you know we're still in the early stages. Uh, we're gonna get more details of what, what took place. Did any stray bullets enter nearby apartments? No, no. We looked at that. We didn't. We didn't see any evidence of that. Any other questions? Thank you. Is there any reason to believe that maybe this person was disoriented, maybe, or something, confused or something like that, maybe? That's going to be part of the investigation. We are going to look into that. Um, um, you know, like I said, we are still in the early stages. Horrible. Let me first highlight a few dynamics that must be discussed. They literally provided a narrative in defense of the shooter. Reporters had to probe. You heard the shock in the voice of one reporter when he said, he shot him through the door? Yes, he shot him through the door, which means what? There is no established imminent threat. That could have been a 10 year old kid. That could have been an elderly person who simply made a mistake, could have been a disoriented neighbor. It didn't matter. The officer shot through the door. Now, if you or I would have done something like that, we would have been arrested at least, at least for gross negligence. We would have been arrested for being, well, inappropriate in our action. It reminds me of this case, okay? I want to remind everybody that the incident in a way resembles the Botham case where Officer Geiger, Amber Geiger, shot and killed an innocent black man after entering the wrong apartment thinking it was hers. Geigen thought the black male was an intruder and he was simply eating ice cream on his couch when he was killed. He was not an intruder. Not an intentional intruder. I want to remind everyone of a few elements connected to the statutory language of Texas law. In order to commit burglary, you have to qualify a few elements. Number one, it has to be at nighttime, check. Number two, the structure has to be closed, check. Number three, there must be forced entry, no check. And number four, you must be attempting to go in to commit a felony or a crime, no check there either, at least not on record, not part of the narrative. State officials and Houston police are now investigating an incident where an off-duty Texas state trooper shot his neighbor after allegedly mistaking him for a home intruder. Houston police said the shooting happened shortly after midnight on Monday after a high rise apartment building at a high rise apartment building in the downtown area. The trooper told police that he was inside his own apartment when he heard someone at his front door trying to break in. Now breaking in is a legal term of art. Were they trying to open the door 
or break in. Those are two very different things as the law relates. If the person was trying to open the door, this is possibly a good faith mistake. If he was trying to break in, that means he was attempting to commit a serious felony. So the trooper decided to fire his gun through the door. A bullet struck the man in his right shoulder. First responders found him on a different floor, took him to the hospital. Police said he is expected to survive the wound. In a briefing, police called the man who was shot a suspect and described him as a black man in his 30s. But the building's ownership released a statement clarifying that the burglary suspect in question was actually a resident who lives in the building on a different floor. The company believes it was strictly a case of mistaken identity. I would describe why this is possibly true. Uh, Police have not identified the shooting victim or the trooper. Details also have not been released on how the victim tried to break in. No details on how he tried, tried to break in to the apartment, but police said there's no evidence that he tried to burglarize nearby apartments. There's also no word on any or if any charges will be filed. We don't know why he was at that apartment, but the initial assessment is that trooper believed he was trying to break in. That's what the assistant police chief said, okay? So if he's trying to break in, right? Did he have a crowbar? Did he have a hammer? Did he have a brick? Did he try to kick the door? Was he just turning the doorknob and that's it? You all are considering that an attempted burglary? You know the rules here, officer. You know the elements required statutorily. They don't fit. There's more. Um, The suspect, quote, the suspect, we believe, was trying to get into the apartment. And the trooper did several, did give several commands. How do you know he gave several commands? Do we have the video? Oh, he told you he did. Okay, so you, okay. He gave several commands according to them to get away. And we believe he still tried to make entry. Why do you believe that? Is that what the man who is shot and still alive said to you? Of course not. Why are you taking the narrative of the person who pulled the trigger rather than the narrative of the individual who got shot, who lives in the apartment, who the apartment complex obviously has some relationship with to where they believed he would never do anything like this. So they released a statement contrary to yours. There's more. Local news outlet ABC 13 spoke with one of the resident who requested anonymity and said that the hallways on each floor look so similar that it's easy for residents to mix up which floor is their own at times. I think the apartment ownership knew this as well. That's why they released the statement so quickly. Um, I tried to use my key on the unit that's one floor above the neighbor's head. In other words, the neighbor is saying I've made the same mistake here. It's pretty easy to do here because every floor, every hallway looks pretty much the same, the resident said. It still doesn't make me feel great that potentially in the case of myself going to the wrong floor, using my key in the wrong apartment. I just don't want that happening to me. The Houston Police Department and the Texas Rangers are still investigating the incident. 
When the reporter posed the question about, you know, could this be a situation where an individual may have been bewildered? Is that possible? Well, we're looking into that. Looking into it, why was that not part of your narrative, your commentary? Why are you not waiting? Until all of the evidence is in before making conclusive statements like, the officer gave commands. He told the man to leave. The man did not leave. And after the man tried to gain entry after that, he decided to shoot. See, that's what the officer told you. We're gonna follow this story. Obviously, there will be developments. I wanna hear from the man who got shot. GOP donor says, give me my money back. Put it up full mass. And it's a lot of money. He wants $100,000 back. He made a donation. So the donor wants a $100,000 donation back from Jeff Landry. GOP donor John Odom says he wants his $100,000 back. He donated this to the Jeff Landry's campaign. He wants it returned now that they have hired Corey. Lewandowski, who is accused of assaulting Odom's then wife. Let's put it up. Um, Treshel Odom uh, said uh, Lewandowski stalked her during a September 2021 charity. Uh, this was a dinner in, in Las Vegas, repeatedly touched her leg and her buttocks and made sexually graphic remarks to her. In the week after the dinner, she told Politico, quote, on the evening of September 26th in Las Vegas, Nevada, I attended a dinner to support a charity and spend time with wonderful friends. He repeatedly touched me inappropriately, said vile and disgusting things to me, stalked me, made me feel violated and fearful. I am coming forward because he needs to be held accountable. I am blessed to have a loving husband and family behind me. I want other women to know that you can be heard too. And together we can stop terrible things like this from happening. She stood up, right? She stood up. She said something. She made a public proclamation so that he would know you have no power over her. She also accused him of throwing his drink at her and calling her stupid. In September 2022, he was actually charged with a misdemeanor and took a plea deal from Las Vegas prosecutors. Under his agreement, he did not have to admit guilt as long as he paid a $1,000 fine, completed 50 hours of community service, and attended eight hours of impulse control counseling, according to Politico. Last week, the Louisiana Illuminator reported that Laundry's campaign hired Lewandowski as a political advisor and has paid him $100,000 along with reimbursing him for 4,332 in travel expenses since he was hired in April. Now Odom, according to Politico, has dined with Laundry and attended his alligator hunt fundraisers. It's telling voters of Louisiana to reject Laundry at the polls. He told the outlet that he's deeply disappointed and disgusted by Jeff Laundrie's decision to hire Corey Lewandowski and wants his $100,000 back immediately.
Uh, in contrast to Odom's reaction to the hiring, um, Trashell says that half of the donation is actually hers. And she wants Landry to keep it. Uh, she says, Jeff is not just my friend, but I believe he is the he has been the strongest attorney general in America. Uh, she said in the statement to Politico, he has protected children, fought for individual rights. Jeff truly has my full and complete support for governor of the state of Louisiana. So let's go to what uh, the extreme individual who is always in the middle of mess, but continues to remain gainfully employed said. Um, he tried to deflect by bringing up Odom's decade old uh, guilty plea in three separate cases for white collar crimes. Okay, classic, all right, classic move. I won't dignify Mr. Odom with the response, he told the outlet. But I will allow the words of Suzanne Craig, chief criminal deputy prosecutor, I'll speak for itself. Uh, and called him a con artist, charismatic con artist was the terminology. So the campaign said they appreciate our donors, but didn't say if they would be returning the money. Um, there's no way to really legally get the money back because it was not obtained by way of fraudulent behavior or deception. All right, but the guy can make a huge, huge public relations nightmare out of the money, and it looks like, uh, well. He can only really get 50,000 back if it was even possible, all right? Hell of a thing. New York cops, they shot a mentally ill man uh, and they could be clear. Let's put it up for a mass. Two New York police officers who shot and killed Kowalski. Trowick, a mentally ill man who was wielding a knife inside of his Bronx apartment, could be released or cleared, excuse me, of misconduct charges due to the fact that the Civilian Complaint Review Board, what did they do? They simply missed a deadline. They missed a deadline to file charges by more than five months. Seems quite convenient, right? There's more. The incident began. When Thompson and Davis responded to 911 calls alleging that Mr. Kowalski, a 32 year old personal trainer and an individual aspiring to be a dancer was harassing other tenants and workers at the building, which was a housing facility for people struggling with mental health. They knew they were going to a facility where individuals have mental health diagnosis. Body camera footage captured the shooting, which showed Trawick refusing orders to drop the knife. Thompson tased him, despite Davis urging him not to. He then recovered from the taser, got back up and threatened the officers. Thompson then pulled his gun, despite Davis pleading with him not to shoot. Who then moved toward the officers yelling, I'm going to kill you all, get out. Thompson then opened fire, striking Trawick for a time. Contact, they are at a mental health facility. They know the individual is dealing with a mental health disorder. He is currently in a mental health decline. And their solution is to tase and shoot. 
they should not even be there. There's more. Thompson was accused of unnecessary force, unnecessary use of force. And both cops were accused of not trying to help after the man was shot. At one point, Davis testified Thompson made a mistake by shooting Trawick. But after a break, he changed his tune, saying the shooting was justified. All right, put up the DA. Okay. So remember, no one has said these guys are innocent. No one has said they used appropriate force. The reason why we're here today is because the Citizen Review Board missed a filing date. Okay. The Bronx DA, Darcel Clark, investigated the incident and ruled no crime had been committed. The CCRB substantiated misconduct charges against the officers and prosecuted them this year at one police plaza trail. Now, keep her picture up. The irony of this is the fact that you have an elected prosecutor who literally is at odds with the review board. Who does this for a living, meaning review the actions, activities, and conduct of police officers. They are also well aware of the rules of engagement per policy, protocol, and statute. And that was her decision. Put them up full mass. The NYPD Deputy Commissioner of Trials, Rosemary. Maldonado made a draft recommendation that the officers be cleared, not because they are innocent, but because the Citizens Review Board, the CCRB, failed to make its case in the time frame allotted. She has given the CCRB and lawyers for the officers until the middle of next week to react to her recommendation before it's sent to NYPD Commissioner. Edward Caban, who will decide the fate of the officers, Brandon Thompson and Herbert Davis. Why is this so difficult? None of this is complex. None of this is complex. Okay? You got two cops that go to a mental health facility, they end up killing somebody, they end up shooting someone who has a mental health crisis. And according to multiple individuals who witnessed this, there was no need to. The individual could have been subdued. There could have been other methodologies employed. And they also put other people in danger by firing the weapon. I think the reason why the Citizen Review Board did not file anything timely is because something got to somebody. Because literally on the record, They clearly, clearly show there's significant misconduct here. They went through the process of making sure it was adjudicated at their level and it was adverse to the shooting officer. But the paperwork somehow mysteriously just stops moving. Somebody was paying attention to that. And that person who was paying attention says, aha, well, listen. We would love to do that. We'd love to, you know, move forward. But my hands are tied. There's um, a rule here that the board violated, and because of that, I'm going to have to recommend all charges be dropped here. It's a damn shame. We'll bring the update. Uh, we'll see what the um, 
powers that be, what they do inside of the department, they do not have to do what the recommendation is. They can continue to move forward, discipline these individuals, and hopefully get them the justice they deserve. You still have a state attorney general who has jurisdiction here. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. A lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Before I do, um, justice is coming, all right? Someone who already read the book said, and I quote, everyone needs to read this with an open mind and thick skin. <laughs> I agree. Jenk said some stuff that got me upset, and then I had to read the rest of it, all right? It's a well, well done book. It's actually brilliant. I encourage anyone. Who reads to get it? Should be a whole lot of people. All right. Okay, tot.com slash justice is how you get the book. Okay. Nadia's Maximus. I love how police involve shootings. The next door neighbor is referred to as a suspect. And the cop who did the shooting is not referred to as a suspect, even though no real investigation has been done yet. Exactly. They've already concluded what happened while saying, we're, we're still looking into that. Left Loon does not get extra pay for being his own contributor. You see, that's how you put things in the universe. Thank you for that idea. I will be sending an email to corporate today. <laughs> also, the cushy. Uh, Dr. Richard, you have the best co-host ever. Thank you for that. I appreciate the sentiment. I think so. Uh, Texas cop. Z D told NBA, why keep calling him a suspect when he lives there? Precisely. Vance, I walked into an apartment that wasn't my own by mistake. Apartment buildings are so cookie cutter identical that it's obvious uh, mistakes like this will happen. That's correct. And dissident PM, this isn't the first time a cop has shot someone through that door. That part. And tote steel like Bronson, Atlanta Black Star doing yet another great reporting. And they always do. Uh, Atlanta Black Star, big ups to Atlanta Black Star, a good friends actually, uh, to my big homie Osei, my dear brother from another mother. I was actually at the headquarters of Atlanta Black Star a few days ago, and I did a commentary with Atlanta Black Star that you can find on their social media pages now. Beautiful people over there, very thankful for their continued support of this program. And for platforms of truth. All right, got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. I have a business of my own. Oh, you do? I do. And that's why you work at Michael's? I do. What's your business? Why is that any of your business? It's a wedding business on the side. Okay, okay, fine. It's none of your business what I do in my personal life. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. But I'll tell you, if I was planning a wedding, I sure wouldn't have someone as unfriendly as you. The audacity of this level of Karenicity. 
Put it up full mass. Now, damn it, ma'am, you're too old for this kind of behavior. You don't know this person. You're being really rude. And the young lady did try to answer your questions and try to be respectful. So this was at a Michael's Crafts, according to the poster. Um, this person was harassing an employee. No one knows exactly who she is, uh, but somebody out there does know her. And I will recommend if you are a family member, a friend, uh, you already know it is past time for an intervention. Uh, you all have uh, coddled a full grown Karen too damn long. And now it is permeating in these streets, Michaels and Michaels, okay? If you go to Michaels, you should be happy. Place you get crafts and, you know, nice thing, beautiful stuff. All right. Okay. All right. That's something for you. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. You're not supposed to have that on here. I can't hear you. You're not supposed to have that on this water. Have what? That thing. The jet ski? Huh? The jet ski? Hey, you're going to hit me. Well, you're not Stop, you're going to hit me. You're not supposed to be. What are you doing? You're not supposed to be here. This is a ram. That's illegal on this. You almost just hit me. This is pristine this is a ram. lake, and you're ruining it, and it's really loud, and our beautiful wildlife is, we have eagles here, we have loons. Stop hitting me with the boat. That's what well, you guys are trying to hit me. That's illegal. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. What do you? It's not. What's wrong with this in the water? We're gonna report you to the association. You're gonna what? We're gonna report you to the association. What's that? They're gonna write you a ticket. For what? And they're yeah. probably gonna call the police and fish and game. Someone's coming. Take his picture. Get his picture. Up. Oh yes. Get my picture. Get, get his. Get the number. Hey. Hey. There were a few things about this encounter that struck me. The guy's probably in the wrong here. Okay. Um, and if he's in the wrong, you let him know, hey, can't do this against the rules here. Right? Maybe he didn't know. Uh, he didn't know who, who the association was. <laughs> Who's that? Sir, that's Karen. That's a committee of Karens who will write you a ticket like you have never seen. And then fishing and wildlife will get involved and the police. Uh, naturally, you don't try to hit someone with your vehicle on, uh, on water. Uh, that's a very dangerous thing, even if you attempted to warn somebody of what the rules are. Uh, so, you know, that's a foul of my book. All right. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. A lot of show left. Uh, and I will read a few comments. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, next to you, watch your reporter. That unfriendliness is a response to your behavior, Karen. Maybe if you were more friendly, people would be friendly to you. That's right. 
That's how it works. I am sock. Kind of crazy how much drama happens at Michael stores. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Right? Arts and crafts. Uh, Nadius Maximus says, Karen thought she had the right to commit battery with a boat. LOL, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, literally, they were like, yeah, we can. No, you can't. You, you can't crash into somebody intentionally. No, you can't do that. Robin's egg. Uh, even, even Michaels isn't safe from OG Karen. Nope. Not at all. Uh, the Jack, uh, give to one indisputable with Dr. Shaw Rich membership. We appreciate that. Thank you. Um, Texas cop, um, Texas cop shoots neighbor. I think this is, is it Scoey Tolo? I believe. 56. Time to decorate each floor with brightly colored number. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too, actually. Winston. 121-880. I expect this kind of behavior at Hobby Lobby, not at Michael's. Agreed. Same thought went through my mind. All right. This is a hell of a story. NFL star um, Chandler Jones says that he was basically illegally in- injected with something foreign. He don't. He doesn't know what it is. He was thrown into a mental health facility against his will. He had no issues of. Uh, mental defect, and he still has questions. Put up the picture for a mask. This is an extreme story and very troubling. NFL star Chandler Jones took to social media, claiming he was taken to a mental hospital against his will by the Las Vegas Fire Department where he was forced medication and injections with unknown substances. The first page assumed to be written on his first day out of the facility reads, and I quote, first day out. If my fans and friends were wondering, I was taken in by the Las Vegas Fire Department last week against my will. I was injected with, I don't know what. They said that it was a court hold and the Las Vegas police put me on it. I don't have or I haven't done anything wrong. The police said people were concerned about me because of my post online. I answered my front door and a group of five to seven were there to put me in an ambulance where I was later injected and I asked them not to. I have no cell phone. I had no cell phone, no communication. I was taken to the southern Hills Hospital and then transferred to Seven Hills, where they tried to force me to take meds and injections. The next page, assumed to be written while while he was still in the facility, reads, I called the Raiders GM six to seven times asking for help, and I wondered if he had put me in here, but he never answered. I even left him voicemails. I was just trying to figure out why I'm not allowed in the building still. And why do I have to continue to watch my brother suffer every Sunday? But no answer. This place, Healthy Heroes, is not a place for high-profile athletes. My first night, I slept on the floor and was not offered a bed. My brothers uh, had to bring me decent meals to eat and clothes. Every game that I miss is $1 million. I'm still confused 
on what I did wrong. I'm stuck here. I'm very sane. Now put this picture up again because I want to make this contextualization, dear brother, because you said something that I think you may have a different view of today. When you said this is not a place for high profile athletes, or it's not a place for anybody. If you're not able to get a proper bed to sleep on or a meal to eat, nobody deserves that high profile or not. Just want to make that reference. He continues in a short page saying that the that he works out in his room every day, even down the halls of the facility. He also claims that whoever put him in here has bad intentions. He then states that he is too strong to be mentally broken, referencing friends that know him, saying they know. Finally, he shares an alleged copy of the patient rights highlighting where the facility violated them. Um, his, his mental faculties are quite, quite uh, advanced if you're saying he's in some kind of mental decline because he's able to be very analytical uh, and very, well, critical in his thinking. And he can also do contrast narratives quite well, put it up full mass. This is interesting. Three notable sections from the alleged hospital document read, you have the right to refuse treatment and medication. But according to him, they forced it. You have the right to be treated in the least restrictive environment. And you have the right to be treated. You have the right to the least restrictive environment. And you have the right to be treated in the least restrictive environment. So let me give you a backstory on Jones' volatile relationship with the Raiders, the owners and coaches. Jones was placed on the non-football illness list last week, ruling him out of playing indefinitely, okay? Raiders head coach Josh McDaniel said Jones' situation was a personal situation and a private matter. When he was ruled out, Jones has been inactive for the two weeks of the season and has been away from the Raiders since their final training camp practice, August 31st. Just a week prior to his alleged forced hospital stay, Jones took to X, formerly known as Twitter, accusing the Raiders owner, Mark Davis, of protecting the identity of a man he claims molested his god his goddaughter. Now keep that picture up. I want you to keep it up. Just a week prior to his alleged forced hospital stay in a mental health facility where he was injected by medication, according to him, against his will. Two weeks prior to any of that happening, Mr. Jones took to social media, accusing the Raiders owner, Mark Davis, of protecting the identity of a man he claims molested his goddaughter. Before he was allegedly put into a mental hospital against his will, Jones sent what's being called a bizarre ex post last week about Raiders owner Mark Davis. According to the Bleacher Report, quote, I wish Mark Davis told people I really can't play. Jones allegedly wrote in the now deleted post. Jones continued his claims writing, Mark Davis didn't know I didn't have any kids. And I was fostering a very important man's kid. I won't say his name, but once I found out 
that was done to this little girl, I wasn't allowed back in the building, he says. The defensive end allegedly let loose in a string of allegations on Instagram saying he was no longer allowed into the franchise headquarters. That he no longer wanted to be part of the team and that he had issues with McDaniel and Ziegler. You know, he may have issues with the man he said he has issues. You know, that's possible. He may not have a mental health disorder. He may be in his complete right mind, which is what created the disorder, allegedly. I believe that there's more to this story. I believe that Mr. Jones has more to say. Uh, And I will say this for anyone who can tag uh, the brother on social media, if you know him directly. um, If he has more to say, Indisputable is willing to hear it, okay? And I want to take this moment seriously. Now, naturally, we will reach out to whoever is accused of such an extreme act. But at the end of this, there's a possible victim here if what Mr. Jones is saying is true. That's the part not being reported. If what he said is accurate, what he's saying is true, there's a victim here. All right? All right. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stack. All right, welcome back. Always good to be with you. Let's go to some of these comments. Uh, Mo Fury says the jet ski band is probably in the wrong, uh, but nobody deputized these two uh, in their bathtub. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything about the boat, but yeah, uh, in their bathtub boat to go around ramming people. I feel most sorry for their dog. <laughs> it looks both annoyed and scared. Annoyed because mom and dad are yelling again and scared because it's on a boat that seems about as seaworthy as a storm door. <laughs> that was good. All right, that was fun. Okay. Uh, the Jack, thank you for that, by the way. Uh, remember, for us, we are whatever they say we are. Watch yourself. Talking about um, the NFL and uh, Chandler Jones. Anna Giddings, and I bet they've charged him. Uh, Yep, all the medical fees for this too, right, of course. And uh, thank you for that. So Dissident PM says, just remember, fam, if you ever find yourself at a crisis point uh, and are in need of help, call or text 988 to get in touch with the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And now it's it's a crisis hotline for uh, any crisis, all right? So thank you for that reminder. And uh, Fratheo. 76, speaking of Hobby Lobby, does not have any Halloween decorations, like refusing to carry them. Makes the holiday go away, LLL. <laughs> They're so silly. Okay, so we have more information. It's an update. A cop uh, literally tried to turn off his body camera before brutally attacking a child, okay? Put up the picture full mass here. I want to show you the damage. That was done, right? Delaware State Trooper tried to turn off the body camera before a brutal assault on the team. Prosecutors, according to prosecutors, screenshots um, 
are the only thing we can show because of the violence. Officials say Walters was on duty when the incident occurred, but turned off his body camera during the assault. But the device still captured the video, but no audio, all right? The Delaware Department of Justice and Delaware State Police announced felony charges against the 29-year-old Dempsey Art Walters. He remains suspended without pay or benefits, though he has not been terminated. Walters was off duty and on his way home when a 17-year-old kid near the entrance of his um, Ellesmere neighborhood on August 17th, according to the indictment. Believing the child was up to wrongdoing, Officer Walters confronted him, causing a verbal altercation. Court documents say Walters called the police who picked up the teen and took him to his home in the nearby development of Lancaster Village. The teen was not charged, but the indictment says the following day, Walters looked up the teen on the state's law enforcement information database that contains the address, pedigree, and background information. A few days later, August 21st, a 15-year-old kid and his friends were pranking homes in Ellesmere by knocking on doors, then running away, also known as Ding Dong Ditch, something we played as kids as well. Walters drove toward his home, calling Delaware State Police Troopers and other police agencies for assistance, the indictment said. Police said this was reported as an attempted home invasion, sending out the state police helicopter and various K-9 units because of this lying ass cop. Now, this is what happens when a department hires a Karen as a police officer, okay? They're doing ding dong ditch, right? It's clear they knock on doors, they run. Irritating, okay? Could be funny. But you call it in attempted home invasion, I'm sending in everybody. So you got multiple agencies responding. You have a damn helicopter in the sky because of you embellishing. Now, I know you embellish on all of your police reports, I'm sure. For some reason, that's perfectly acceptable in your culture of policing. But you made a cardinal mistake when you decided to lie to the police. All right, there's more. Let's put it up. Walters. And a Newport police officer went to the home of the 17-year-old boy and at gunpoint removed them from the house. The 17-year-old and his friend had not been involved in the ding-dong ditch prank. Uh, The teens were forced to the ground where one can be heard on body camera video saying, please help me. And when I tell you how the kid was saying it, uh, you could literally hear uh, the lungs of this kid. Uh, He was calling for his mother. Uh, He was terrified. All right. The video shows Walters walking up to the child who was handcuffed and sitting in a police car and striking him in the face. Clear illegal activity, clear child abuse. Please tell me what I did. Please tell me what I did, the boy asked. Attorney General Kathy Jennings said Tuesday that man chose to extract his, uh, extract his own form of personal justice by embarking on a violent rampage. Um, and I will say this, A.G., Kathy Jennings, likely not the first time. Okay, let's open up an investigation into his history. With the 15-year-old's hands cuffed behind him, another trooper took the child to a state police SUV and was placing him in the rear passenger seat. That's when the indictment says, Walters turned off his body cam 
walked to the police vehicle and struck the child twice in the face, causing an orbital fracture. They're beating up handcuffed children. These cowards are so damn scared that they got to hit handcuffed babies inside of police cars to feel like men. Feckless cowards. Dempsey R. Walters, 29, has been charged with second degree assault, a felony, deprivation of civil rights, a felony, two counts of third degree assault, misdemeanors, and two counts of official misconduct, as well as other misdemeanors. There have been no photos published of the trooper. We're still trying to get that information so that we can bring it to you ASAP. Everyone deserves to know who this criminal is and if this person has been a criminal to somebody else. Who else has he victimized? But he couldn't do this by himself. You want to arrest one cop? What about the others who are involved? What, what is it called, Madam Prosecutor? Aiding and abetting. That's what it's called. If the rules apply to civilians, they should damn sure apply to cops. All right. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and All right, welcome back. Okay, we got what, three days left, I believe, for voting. Um, we have been nominated for multiple categories in the Atlanta Magazine's Best of 2023. You are able to vote, you can participate. Uh, we encourage you to do so. So you can vote at tyt.com slash vote in these categories, best radio DJ slash host, best radio talk show host, best TV anchor, best sports anchor, don't know how that happened, and best local podcast. They also had me for best uh, weatherman. Uh, I was number one <laughs> because of you all. Uh, is is you know, I don't I don't want categories I'm not qualified for. All right. Um, we did get a laugh out of it. All right, uh, we got a lot of comments. We'll read as many as I can. Next TYT reporter. Um, so not only did this cop attack a kid, the kid was handcuffed. What is he going to fight next? An old lady with a walker. I'm sure he's done that. I mean, once you get to a place of um, beating up two children that are handcuffed, right? In front of another adult that helped you, you've already beat up an old lady. I promise you that. Okay, they really do need to check his background seriously because this individual uh, made his whole department send heli- a helicopter on people knocking on kids knocking on doors and uh, in their own community. All right, Librio, I think cops are armed Karens. Difference is you piss them off and get a physical beating instead of a verbal lashing. And Anthony, this country is in a police state. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think this is Melanie 44. Uh, The DOJ needs to get involved. I do believe the DOJ should get involved in this. Uh, And yeah, the officer turns off the body cam. That is an immediate admission of guilt. You know, we were debating body cams. You know, literally, we had to force governments to accept the body cam reality. 
And the argument should have been police pushing for it. Because if you are a decent cop, that body camera protects you when you are wrongly accused. So if you're a good cop, you want the body camera, okay? If you're a bad cop, you don't, real simple. So while we're advocating for body cameras, I remember at a at one of the um, conferences, uh, and I think it was organized by the National um, Black Law Enforcement Executive Association, a black organization for um, police chiefs, sheriffs, et cetera. And they were kind of a little more progressive uh, than some of their uh, white colleagues in that arena. And I said very clearly, in order for this to work, if you don't associate charging cops with tampering with evidence if they turn off their body camera, they're just going to turn off the body cameras when they're doing illegal stuff because there's no penalty for that, no statutory penalty. And obviously, at that time, all of the cops were against it, every single one of them. Why? That is tampering with evidence. If you turn off a, a video recorder, at a building, right? At a facility, and you commit a crime. What do you think you're going to be charged with? What well, you're going to be charged with that too. But if you happen to turn off that government issued camera that's on your body, oh, no charge there. Doesn't make sense. You, you got to have the enforcement in order to affect the culture, all right? Okay. Um, hell of a thing. A woman catches her professor being racist in a rant against. Um, against a student uh, because student was late. Here it is. Late, late, right? Chichi, you were late, right? Sandra, you're doing stuff, right? Joe, what about you? Huh? What about you? How, what about me? How? Yeah, what, what if I criticism for you, what should I say? Uh, I'm trying to understand, it's not quite easy. Oh, come on, Joe, you're not telling me the truth. You're distracted. How do I know that? Uh, because I joined the line. Yeah. Where are your parents from, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, Cameroon. Cameroon. Are there less poor people in the country? What do you say? Are there less poor people? Are you from the French or uh, English part? French, French side. French side. Is that the better side? Yeah. <laughs> and it's... Um, yeah, are there lots of poor people there? Uh, they're everywhere. Would you give them $500? <laughs> Why? Because you're throwing $500 away from the class if you don't pass it. Oh. So if you have to repeat the class, you know, at least, you know, you know, you, you get your grade. But if you have to you know, give the people the money. You'll get blessings, they'll remember you. They'll build a whole statue for you. They'll have a tail in jail. Wow. Let's put up the picture of the young lady who did the recording. I'm seeking more information. Um, but this woman, according to the post, she catches a college professor in the midst of his racist and inappropriate conversation. I would call it a rant against an African student, according to her for being late, for being late for class. This is the reason the professor has decided to engage in this kind of conversation. After receiving an influx of comments asking if Allie had reported her professor to the 
um, uh, to the authorities or to the school for the discriminatory remarks made about the international student in her class. She confirmed that once the class had ended, she uh, she actually sent the video to the dean and the uh, and the office of, of student affairs. I quote: "I promise, I was not trying to be complicit in any way, and I understand that." The bystander effect is a real thing. I do regret not saying anything in the moment, but I was just so shocked that a college professor had the audacity and was so comfortable saying what he was saying to this student. Uh, and just just understand uh, where you're coming from. I appreciate the fact, we appreciate the fact that you have done something that may actually affect real change. You recorded the professor, uh, and this may be the catalyst required. To ensure he does not violate another student like this again. And you have to remember, students are paying for education. As a professor, it pains me that you have to pay for education in the first place. And that's why I refuse to be a professor at a college that's unaffordable. I may lecture a day or two. I won't accept a full-time assignment. Uh, no matter what philosophy you follow, the students are the lifeblood of the institution. Without them, you have nothing. Professors are accountable to students. Students are paying for their education. All right. I would like more information, all right? So I'm putting that out there into the universe. Um, I need more info so that we can update this story and provide proper context uh, and possibly even get a response from the professor who has been caught in this insane and inappropriate rant, all right? Okay. Um, We're going to go to a break. We got more on the other side. I'm gonna sit you in the car right now, okay? Can you please tell me why, sir? That's it. That's the only question I've asked you, sir. Sit down on the car. That's the only thing I've asked you. Is that was that wrong of me to do though, so I can know? Is that wrong to ask why though, so I can know? Reason I'm here, because you have been identified as someone who left the SRC without paying. Oh, okay. Yeah, think, I, can, I can explain it right now. Do you think that's any reason for this to be happening over that? No, that's why I'm confused. This okay. fight. What, what I pulled off is because my friend in the front seat, if there's cameras up there, y'all can go watch the cameras. Do you understand the theft of service? And I had the money to pay. I literally had. So that's not the story. We were told that you don't have, you didn't have any money to pay. They offered you a burst. Oh, is there a camera? Is there a camera, sir? I don't know. Sir, if there's a camera, then. I can only go by the information that I have. Okay, but, okay. but take me out. But when I come over here. And trying to talk to you. Yeah. And you're being confrontational, doesn't want to listen Sir, to me. I, I didn't be down. confrontational. I tried to back up because I was scared. Put up the picture for a mass. Hell of a story. You're going, you're going to see the extreme power grab of this cop. Indiana University police chief. No longer with the department. Settles a lawsuit after black student was arrested over three dollars. A $3 parking fee. You heard the student say, I was scared. All right. Moses, Moses, 
Berrio Jr. was arrested on September 7, 2022. After the parking attendant at Indiana University campus at the gym parking lot called the police after refusing his cash payment. Did you hear me? After refusing his cash payment for a $3 parking fee. After refusing his cash payment. Now, let me tell you why that part is important. You cannot be charged with theft of services if you had the intent to pay. It's a civil issue at that point. In order to be charged with theft of services, you must know from go, you're not going to pay a damn thing. The cop knows this, he knows the charge. That's why he all of a sudden did not know how to look at a video. There's more, put the picture back up. Um, So this young man, Moses, who was pursuing his master's degree in public health and administration and behavior at the time while working for sexual violence prevention and victim advocacy at the university, had just finished his workout at the university's gym. When he tried to pay the $3 parking fee with a $5 bill. He had a $5 bill, all right? The parking attendant told the graduate student he could only pay with a card attached um, to his account, which is like a student account, uh, for an additional $10. The attendant then opened the gate after some miscommunication. Moses later noted that he drove home with the understanding that his account would be charged the fee, his student card, all right? However, the parking attendants called the police and IU police department officers, Austin Magnus and Charlotte Watts were dispatched to his home, to his house, to where he lived. After first obtaining his picture from the university staff, okay? I'm going to say something at this point only because of a story that we recently reported on where it was uncovered that an entire institution had engaged in intentional discrimination against black students to get black students off the campus by arresting them, by charging them, by giving them fines and penalties to get them to withdraw from the institution. The president basically admitted it, there was a settlement. They said, we are going to train our staff to do better. But it was an intentional effort according to the federal government after they concluded their investigation. This seems very similar to me. There's more. Moses was in the shower, okay? So they go to his house. Now they know they riding for three damn dollars, okay? They go to his home, he's in the shower when the officer's not. And he yelled that he was in the shower and he could not hear anything. The officers returned to their car, but later returned upon seeing Moses wearing no shirt and a pair of shorts outside and detained him. They did not immediately mention the parking dispute by the camera footage shows this. I'm working with you, all right? I'm working with you, excuse me, replied Moses. I can't get my identification. He said, as I mentioned, as I motioned towards his apartment, can you all tell me what this is about? Can you work with us first, replied Magnus. Now remember, he's not concluding that these cops done came all the way to his house for $3.
You know why he hasn't concluded this? Because he's not a dumbass like the police officer. He thinks they are there for some real business. They just may have the wrong place, okay? He thinks they may be engaged in real police work. They just made a mistake here. There's more. Magnus later told Moses he was being arrested for not following direction, okay? Not following directions when he told the student to sit down. After being detained and put in the back of the squad car, Moses was told by the police uh, why the police were there. I was scared, he said. Um, the criminal charges obviously were dropped. Uh, the chief is no longer with the department. Um, full mass. Jill's leave no longer the police chief at Indiana University, Bloomington campus. Indiana University did not clarify why Leeds is no longer in charge. University simply said, Indiana University does not comment on personnel matters. Now keep a picture up. You know, there were a lot of cops involved in this, okay? Now I understand the buck stops with the chief. Naturally, this happened under the chief's leadership. Likely with the chief's absolute approval. But all of these cops should be fired. Hell, I think someone could make a case it was completely illegal what happened here. Not just unethical. All right, Ravana, hell of a story, $3. We know that at least one university is on record for doing this against black students to get black student enrollment to decrease. It seems very similar here. Absolutely, especially when you question why on earth the police were called in the first place. I right. cannot believe that the policy of the the staff working at the uh, at the parking garage for the uh, gym facilities at this university that it is the policy that they are instructed to call the police if there's a miscommunication. I, at at that point. First of all, it's $3, why would you be calling the police anyway? Second, you have his student account information. They were able to identify him to the police, give them his name, show them a picture of him from his student account. Why couldn't you just charge the student account, which is what he believed they had done anyway, which is right. what they seemingly told him they were going to do. How on earth does that escalate to calling the police unless Unless you are trying to have black students arrested. I think that that is a completely rational conclusion to, to come to in this story. Uh, to arrest him for not complying with an order to sit down when you hadn't told him why you were there in the first place. And Dr. Ritchie, you're exactly right. You have to be a dumbass to think that the police are coming to get you over three damn dollars. As an issue which he thought was settled, he believed that he had paid it. And you know, and I think that that is important that you highlighted that he did not have a guilty state of mind. He didn't have the 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 necessary intention to you know not pay for those services to be arrested and to be charged with that crime. And of course, you know, all, what we're seeing here every step of the way is a power trip on be on the police's behalf. And racism on behalf of the institution. If he was a white student and there was a miscommunication, I promise they would not have called the police. I know right. they would not have called the police over three dollars. Right. And and the the irony of the fact that students are paying 
for all of their salaries. Right? As a college professor, I tell my students, don't let anybody here take away your experience because without you, there is no institution. Okay, they are the lifeblood of all campuses. All right, welcome back. We read a couple of these comments and also shop TYT. Make sure you do it, get it done. There's only one place to get official indisputable merchandise. Find your fave, your favorite designs, shoptyt.com. All right. Next TYT reporter, okay, we got that. I still agree with the comment. Craig Cray Souffle, why have police body cams if they can just turn them off whenever? I don't make much sense, better yet, sense. Constrained underscore agency at university, truancy shouldn't be too serious as students are essentially paying. Let me tell you something. You don't know how much I agree with that statement. So, I don't mark students absent in my class. I don't. And every semester, the dean says, Dr. Richie, you mean everybody came to class? I say, yes, sir. According to the fact I don't take a role, yeah. If you're able to still pass my final exam, and not come to class, you're a genius and we should reward you, all right? Typically, that's not how it works out. You gotta come to my class. But it's your experience, you're paying for it. It's your money, you're paying for it, it's your time, you're paying for it. My job is to make sure that I deliver education to you, that I get you from point A to point B. I'm not going to penalize you because you're running late or didn't have a babysitter for that moment. That's not going to be my spirit, never will be. Um, so you're right about the reality of how the model works is based on the student. All right. Okay. And that's right. Winston 12188. Why does the professor care about attendance? <laughs> exactly. And listen, there are, there are some professors who, who really don't like me because um I'm out of the box, as they would say. I don't think I am. I think they're out of the box. Um, attendant. All right. Hell of a story. Three young black men were almost lynched by a biker gang. Put up the picture. Okay. This was not the South. This was actually in San Diego, California. In a KKK style attack, 17, 17 outlaws from the biker gang, Hells Angels, chased down and viciously attacked three black men back in June. Now, three months later, a grand jury has indicted the gang on criminal and hate charges. San Diego County DA Summer Stephan said on June 6th, a 19 year old, 20 year old, and 21 year old black man were black men, uh, excuse me, were on Newport Avenue when they were targeted. Allegedly, one of the men has spoken to a biker's girlfriend, and seemingly out of the blue, the three were being chased by Hell's Angel and their buddies. While running, they were called racial slurs and told, quote, they didn't belong in the neighborhood, the DA said. One of the men was kicked, punched on his body, and then 
and the head until he was unconscious. The other was allegedly beaten by the gang's leader, Troy Shoulder, and stabbed in the chest, cracking his sternum. The third young man managed to escape, and the two victims survived their injuries. Officials are not revealing the names of the three victims for safety. Officials said they were doing well, but concerned after dealing with the group, all right? Uh, the gang's behavior comes as no surprise, as the DA stated, they have had a track record of violence, gun trafficking, touting Nazi symbols. The Anti-Defamation League also found an overlap between their criminal activity and white supremacist practices, you don't say. The 17 defendants were arrested on September 21st and faced charges of assault likely to cause bodily injury and gang enhancements as well as hate crime enhancement. Upon their first arrest, authorities seized 42 illegal firearms and drugs. If sentenced, they face anywhere from three years to life in prison. Um, now, they have been committing criminal acts for a very long time, obviously, not the first time they've done this. And they felt empowered to do so. So there's a semblance of justice. Um, I do want more information as to every single one who was involved. All right, so we're working on that. We will bring that information to you front and center. But this is, this is the world we live in. A conversation, maybe some level of communication taking place between two human beings all of a sudden. Because that person has black skin, we need to go and try to kill them, make an example out of them. It's insane, isn't it? All right, we'll bring the update as it comes. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Indisputable is still the fastest growing news show in America. We tell the truth on indisputable because the truth is indisputable. Listen, no matter what you do, don't allow the politics of ideology to evaporate the soul that still exists inside of you. They don't stop, I don't stop. Racism won't stop, I won't stop. Systemic bias won't stop, I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform, so I won't stop. You won't stop either.